though, a piece of my mind is touted as being a slow burn. Slow burn dramas are dramas that take an immense amount of patience for me. And it takes a special type of mood for me to be in in order to watch it. So um, with this drama, um, I have a lot to say about it. So here's a piece of my mind. If you're here, you love Asian dramas, so I probably don't need to give you so much of an in-depth synopsis as to just kind of go over the points as we catch them, especially since I'm not finished with the drama. No, I'm not done with the drama. And the reason I'm not done with the drama is because, you know, it's a fast dose. It might be a slow burn, but it's a fast dose. So this is all about an AI technology and the main the male lead, he has come up with this technology that is supposed to aid in therapy situations because it encapsulates the voice of a person. And it's a person that he's been in love with his first love. And through very much tragedy in the way that she ends up dying after they are reconnected after becoming adults, um, you know, he's definitely pained by this. But in the course of um, her, his first love dying, she meets his current love or his current potential love. But she meets her not for very long because, again, she dies. And I must say that the current love killed the first love because the first love when they were at a, a coffee shop and a prescription for her depression medication fell out of her purse. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm everybody's using this now and I, I have a hard time you know most days and the current love interest was like oh that's cool because you know you cool with that so I thought that she handled that well and I thought that if anybody's gonna see that you take depression meds this is the person that you want to accidentally see you taking something because she was not harsh with her so but she did the stupidest thing that I think anybody could do so say you know somebody who is suicidal and I'm not saying that she knew she was suicidal, but I mean, depression and suicide kind of go head in hand, at least ideation, at least suicidal ideation and depression tend to be um, partners or something. So she tells this girl who is severely depressed because when they're talking, you know, she has to kind of snap her in and out of uh, her attention span. Like she'll focus on something on the ceiling and she's just looking up for minutes and minutes and minutes. And it's like, oh, I always like the ceiling. And she's looking out the window and she's like, oh, isn't this pretty? And it's like, you know, she's just got a morbid appreciation for everything around her. And it just it really depicts her depression well. So I think the writers did a good job with that. But. She gives the stupidest advice to a depressive person. She tells her, you know what? The next time you're feeling bad like that, go to the highest heights and tell all your problems, you know, at the highest height. And I'm like, girl, do you know that heights and depression are not places where somebody who feels like this should be? You do not tell somebody who's depressed to go stand on top of a bridge and tell the air all your problems. I'm like, how stupid can you be? Because this is the way that Jisoo, Jisoo, the character who's the depressive woman who is, we're just, I'm going to just say Jane because I remember his real name. Um, this is his first love. And um, 
she goes up to the mountain in Norway, which is where they are from, and ends up getting an avalanche of snow compounded on top of a shelter that they used to hide in when they were younger. And she dies. And I'm like, girl, I don't know how this drama didn't devolve into the current love interest now being a manic depressive. Because how do you not... That is just a glaring hole for me and a very huge lack of self-awareness. I would feel guilty as hell if I told somebody who was depressed to go up on the highest height and they die on that highest height that I told them to go to. Like, would that not bother you? They move on with that like she didn't do anything. So I thought that was really dumb. So this AI that Jane um, creates, he is able to take Jisoo's voice and make her the voice of it. So like Siri, so Siri's voice, imagine Siri's voice being the voice of your first love. Why he thought that was a good idea and how that was supposed to heal him therapeutically, I'm not sure, but um, he did that. And this AI is supposedly so advanced that it actually takes on the personality of the person in the AI because you feed the algorithm so many different facts about that person that at some point while you're talking to this little handheld pager sized device, at some point it's going to trigger that person's personality and it will start performing for you on a whole different level as if it is another person. So. The current love interest, she is in a studio. She works at a classical recording, not a classical, but she works at a recording studio. And she comes, her name is Han Sohu. Han she works at a, a recording studio and she's got this device at this point in the drama. And Jisoo's voice is on it, but she starts to describe how she feels about not seeing Hawan which is his, which is Jay Hayen's name, Jung Hayen. Um, and she's like, oh, I always think about him. I miss him when I don't see him and all this kind of stuff. And it triggers Jisoo's actual personality. And the little AI device chimes on and says, oh, that's, you're experiencing unrequited love. You like him, you know, and so she's very surprised by this because this technology is amazing how it's able to put voice to what she is coveting in her heart. So you've probably seen this, but if you haven't, um, I'm just going to go through the points about this drama with my pros and cons. So the first pro I have about it is Jayin. Hayin. I call him Jayin. I'm sorry, guys. Hayin. His character's name is Hawan. Hawan that's a a, a pro hey <laughs> everything i've ever seen him in i have loved it i did not finish the drama where um Lee jong suk because um of reasons i'll go into in another uh, episode some characters and some actresses and actors are unwatchable to me and uh i could not finish that drama um what is it called <sighs> not i hear your voice but i can't remember it was the one where yeah, something like that, guys. The one where he played um, a cop in the drama with Lee Jung-suk. So another pro to this drama was that 
the Korean audience hated this drama so much that they had to cut the drama short. I don't know if it was 16 episodes, which is usually about the average of a primetime episode, a uh, primetime drama in Korea. They cut it short and made it 12 episodes. That's how much they hated it. They needed it to end. <laughs> and I cannot figure out why they don't like it. I think I'm on episode six or seven and I still haven't put my finger on it. I have a little bit of an inkling, but I don't know if this is enough sentiment to make them hate this drama. But um, from what I can gather, um, Hawan and Jisoo, the, the, the first love and Hawan, they are not native Koreans. They are Korean by ethnicity, but they they are from Norway and they actually immigrated to Korea. And I don't know if that just makes the nationalists of Korea angry or something that, oh, my gosh, how dare you guys not have our stars be 100 percent Korean? You know, I, I just think that could be a reason why the uh, crowd just could not get behind it. But these two spoke Korean like they grew up in Korea. Like they didn't, they weren't speaking English. They did not say a single English thing. And if they did, it was so bad that I didn't remember it. So it wasn't like the whole show was, you know, half English. So I'm not sure what the hell. Um, Another pro is that I'm going to assume because I am about six or seven episodes deep. If you watch it in one go, those first six episodes, I pretty much watched in one go, not totally all the way through, but in very close succession. I think that if you watch this in one go, it's likely much better than I'm having now. Like I'm, it's a much better watch than the watch that I'm having now because I'm having to take breaks and piggybacking on that last point. It's hard to get back into the vibe because this is a slow burn. And getting back into that state of mind when you take a break from this drama is really difficult. Um, even with a break, though, leads me into my next con. When um, it's hard not to get frust frustrated once Sa'u has revealed her feelings to Moon. So at some point in the drama after she... Um, is told about the AI Jisoo that she is in love with Hawan. Um, they they work together because Hawan he ends up buying the studio that was going to close where she works. He ended up buying it so she gets to keep her job, but he kind of works with her, and you know they find themselves having to do work together. And she's in his apartment, and they have the. The device because remember Jisoo is his first love so that's kind of their connection and so she is he is asking her hey what was it that triggered this to start talking to you in Jisoo's personality and it's important for his research because he's kind of like a Steve Jobs of Korea where a lot of his um, inventions have gone on to be used in um, therapeutic settings in the Korean society and so she's like you know, totally trying to lie her way through it because she knows exactly what it was that triggered it. And it was her love for him, but she can't tell him that because like, who does that? And so she's trying to lie her way through it. But one one evening while they are, let's just say playing with the Jisoo Siri device, 
they're they both are sharing one piece of the earbud of the headphone and they're talking to it, etc. But remember, the AI takes on the entire personality of the person that it's programmed after. So Jisoo is able to say shit uh, voluntarily. So it's not like Siri where it's like, you know, hey, Siri, and I'm trying not to say it so I don't trip off my Siri device. But, you know, it's not like, hey, Jisoo, what do you think? Jisoo is able to like say stuff, initiate the conversation. So Jisoo is like, hey, what about that unrequited love you had the other day? What'd you do about it? And she was like, you know, trying her best to rip the headphones out of um, Hawan's ear before he could hear it. But she revealed it. And she had to be honest that, yes, I like you. And, you know, there was the awkwardness and then she run away and she's devastated that the person she likes knows that she likes him. And I will say that just like the advice I gave in the 180 degrees to you ladies, don't ever propose first. Don't confess your feelings first because you're never going to know for real if that person likes you or if you've made them so uncomfortable that they don't know kind of how to get out from under your ass. So I understand her mortification for him knowing she likes him first because I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things. It's just kind of the way it works. Um, it's better when he does it first because it makes you know that he wants to be there and wants you. So I understand why she really has a problem being around him now because it's almost like she's naked every time she gets in front of him because for somebody to know exactly how you feel, you know, even though they haven't really done anything to win that love has got to feel awkward as hell. So this is what she's going through. However, I will say, even with all the awkwardness and my understanding about her being super embarrassed about him knowing that she likes him first, I think that um, you still a woman and women supposedly have a little bit more maturity than men do, even at a younger age. And you can tell when somebody likes you we can always be wrong but you can always tell us that somebody is digging you and I just find it hard to watch her being pursued by him in actions and actual literal words you know he'll say stuff like I came for you or I came to see you or I like you he will say stuff and she'll still be sitting there shocked you know like in one scene in the latest episode I watched, she's got a family tragedy where her her family was killed in a fire, her parents. And, you know, so then she moved out of her little town and came, you know, to Seoul, the greater Seoul area, I guess, guys. Anyway, so she's going back. It's her first time being back since she was a teenager and she's struggling because it's sad. And she's sitting on the ground and she's weeping and wailing over her dead parents. Okay. So, um... Jn or Hayin, I don't know why I keep calling him Jn. He is stalking her. He goes to the town she's at, and she's at the train station or something. And she turns around and she sees him. Now imagine that you are in your hometown, and say your hometown is, you know, four hundred miles away from where you were, and you turn around and the guy you like is just there on the podium. It would be very difficult for me to not think this guy likes me. Well, before I say, damn, are you stalking me? 
after I say that to myself and I just get stupid again because this is a drama, I'd be like, oh my gosh, he totally likes me. I mean, he is really digging me because you don't accidentally end up 400 miles away from your house. So he's totally pursuing her and he's being very direct. This Hawan character, he has a very dry uh, personality um it doesn't mean he's boring but he's not going to wear his emotions on his sleeve he's not going to really probably tell you much about how he thinks so when he is pursuing it's really something special because he's just a very cranial introverted person and he's just not going to be forthcoming with his feelings um so she's oblivious about it and about how much he likes her and like I said, I want to give her some mercy because when you tell a man you like him first, it's got whatever he comes with after that and liking you, you have to doubt it because you don't know whether it's awkwardness spurring him on or if it's, so, you know, sorrow. Does he feel sorry for you? You know, it's just I don't like that. I, girls, make him do the confessing first. I'm telling you, you're going to feel much better if you do it. So I'm at the halfway point and it's going to be tough to make it six or seven more episodes i am not going to lie um but my recommendation if you are a person who likes slow burn dramas but you don't want to have the kind of time i'm having trying to finish a piece of your mind look at do you like brahms watch that one because that drama you are not going to want to you're not going to want that to end. You're not going to be able to stop watching it until it ends. And even if you have to go to work and go do your thing, you will be dying to get back to it. And it'll be like you never left. You will be sad to see it go. And even though it is a slow burn, it is so passionate. And I guess it comes down to the actors or something because the male lead and do you like Brahms? Yes, sir. I do love Brahms so <laughs> that's my recommendation I may bring the recipes of my mind back because depending on what they do at the end but I would love to see what the Koreans hate about it but this has been Irak Sarang and if you have any recommendation about you know is it worth finishing or not Send me a message at anchor.fm. You can leave me a voicemail at Sarang. And if you're like, girl, yes, finish it. Okay. You can also leave me an email at Sarang at gmail.com. And you can be like, finish it and give me a reason why. Even if you have to spoil it, fine. I'll watch it because I don't, I don't really think people can spoil dramas for you because your experience is your experience. So that's it for a piece of my mind. I may come back and finish it up and let you know what happened. But until then, I will talk to you in the next drama so in my wrap-up of the second act of a piece of your mind i will say that this drama didn't leave me feeling like i needed to add this to the catalog for the sake of adding it to the catalog there are some dramas that are bad but you have to watch them simply because it's a cult classic for instance there are those who do not like boys over flowers. However, if you are new to the whole Asian drama world, I would say whether you like that drama or not, watch that drama. 
Why? Because it enables you to have historical relevance for K-dramas. It's a K-drama classic, and it has an ensemble class of some of the most popular K actors and actresses that you're going to see time and time again. And just being able to note the evolution of these actors and their ability to deliver is worth putting yourself through that. But I enjoyed it. But you may or may not. I think another thing to note about K-dramas and your likability when it comes to slow romances is that if the if the main character, the male lead specifically, if he can capture your attention or even the female lead, if she can capture, if that couple can capture your attention, then you're probably going to fare better with your experience of that slow burn. All slow burns are not good just because they're slow burns. It doesn't mean that they actually ever burn as well. I found that a piece of your mind, you know, it smoked the whole time. But I just never got a flame. This this drama killed me of smoke inhalation, and but it didn't burn me, if that makes any sense. Um, the male lead... I knew that I was not going to be able to endure more episodes of the female lead pretending as though she couldn't see what was so obvious for everybody on earth to see, which was that the male lead liked her. Um, Their romance was just, you know, there are other um, tags that this romance is categorized underneath, which are, you know, are what they are you know, uh, depression and character development and all that and insomnia and all that kind of stuff. Tragic past is one of the tags. But everybody who watches this drama is trying to make sure that our main characters have the kind of development that we want them to have in relation to the romance, the end. And their romance, oh my gosh, it was just, you know, uh, it had a preschool level of depth. They like each other, but, you know, they pretend like they don't know that they like each other. And I wouldn't even prosecute the male lead for having this dumbfoundedness. It's more of the female lead who always, at one point, the manager of the recording studio where she worked asked, you know, does your love interest, does he like you? And she's like, well... I don't know if he likes me, but, you know, he puts up with me something to that tune. And I'm just like, girl, he literally let you come into his house to sleep on his bed because you have insomnia. And when she sleeps on the bed, he sleeps on the couch watching her baby. He watches you till he goes to sleep. And as romantic as that might sound, there really was zero romance. Um, Unfortunately, the male lead, he was stoic to a fault because he just didn't have any emotional output. He was like a block of wood. Now, um, he's very, he's a cute actor. You know, he's very attractive. However, he never crossed over into the sexy zone on this one for me. Uh, he can wear the hell out of a coat, which is 
what he did majority of the time, walk around with a long trench coat on. And I guess that's a good quality. But um, I need you to actually do something, you know, in relation to the story. So I'm going to move on past our male leads and our female lead simply because they didn't do anything. And then when it was time for romance, did they kiss? Guys, I can't even remember if they kissed. Okay, if you can't even remember that they kissed, the romance just didn't exist. I think people, especially these writers, need to, and also the, the the watchers, we need to make these writers, these producers, these directors deliver. You have to deliver for us. We are a patient group, and we are willing to allow you to get away with murder as long as you give us the butterflies, okay? If you, can, if you cannot just deliver us butterflies, couched you know in between a lackluster story then you defeated the entire purpose of what it was that you set out to do so these two were like preschoolers I mean preschoolers could have delivered more affection than these two they would hold hands no threading of the fingers through each other's hands you know sitting on the door stoop and waiting for somebody to come home and you smile and you you walk over to them and you give them a hug but it's not a kiss it's like this hug you know and you have to go away because you have a tragic past that you allow to color every second. This is something I don't understand about why uh, Asian dramas tend to do this. And I maybe I do know because I guess they think that it'll make for better drama or better, let's just say, showing versus telling. But when we have tragedy, when we have a dramatic situation in life, it doesn't it, it does not influence every single action we make from there forward. These people have tragedy and I'm talking about it's one thing to grieve and go through a process of grief. It's another thing for it to be like the first day it happened. Yes, you should have a tender spot in your heart for things that happen to you that are unfortunate. But what it shouldn't be is the way it felt the first day it happened. If somebody comes and delivers to you a tragic uh, recounting of something. It should not be fresh every day, every second, every moment of your life. And this is what this drama did. It, it took depression and it made it into a terminal disease. And I know there are those who think that depression has to be terminal but it really kind of doesn't. Not once, not with these systems that these people had. Now, there are those who would argue for the fact that, yes, that's what depression is. No matter what situation you're in, you have that issue and that there's an argument to be made for that. But our female lead, she lived in a boarding house of sorts with people that cared about her. A woman who was a little bit older than her, but yet you know, still friendly enough to be able to have girl talk with. She fed her three times a day. She made sure that she had everything that she need. She concerned and worried herself over the female lead like she was her mother, you know, and that was a point that I feel was so lost and, and highly suspect that you lose your mother. And I know you can't replace the your mother's love. You cannot have a mother again after you lose your mother. But if you watch this drama, the woman who is the head of the boarding house, 
if this child ain't the next best thing after a mother, I'm not sure what she is. She was only 35 years old, but she carried herself like a 60 year old woman style and everything. But she made sure everybody ate. She made sure that when she was making, you know, seaweed that she she made it herself you know her her little pathetic boyfriend came in and he was like oh you know you can buy that from the store and she was like yeah but I like it fresh bitch what's what's the problem and you know and he was looking at her like oh you so stupid and this is the kind of person that you have who was there from you from for you from day one she even goes so far as to uh indicate to another border in the house that because that border was asking her hey when you gonna get your life together you know what i'm saying like you everybody's mom and that's fine but when you gonna go get your life and she said that when han sohu who is the female lead when she comes up from the basement room because her room was in the basement she said when she comes up from that basement that will be the signal to me that she is okay again and I'm like, wow, this 35-year-old woman could be waiting another 10 or 20 years at Sawu's pace. And that girl means so much to her that she's waiting for her just to move rooms above sea level before she will get a life, get married or date or do anything that youngish women do. So I think that the female lead who did show affection toward the board boarding house woman it's not that they didn't it was just that when she got in her feelings and wanted to be depressed it was just kind of uh, it was just kind of too much so I'm going to move past them and say that our next lead who the reference that I gave about boys over flowers the reason why you need to watch a show like that if you are a newbie to the whole taking a sip of tea guys um to the whole you know asian drama stratosphere is that boys over flowers gives you every trope that you can think of and a trope just in case you don't know a trope is just those plot devices that are just worn out and it only takes like two or three no one because boys over flowers one drama to see all the tropes and then you'll be an expert and then you can move on and do whatever you want to do after that nevertheless the next character, Kangi Nuk. Kangi Nuk is serving us up our um, second lead syndrome. Second lead syndrome where you fall in love with the second lead and you checking for him harder than you checking for the first lead. Okay, Kangi Nuk is gorgeous. At first, I didn't like him because, well, let me just say, the tone of his character was trying to force me to not like him. But baby, how can you not like a face like that? He ended up doing something, giving he ended up saying some lie that sent Hawan's mom out in a blizzard in in Norway and she got killed. And because of that, it made Jisoo, who was the girl that Hawan was, you know, obsessed with. You guys know all that stuff from part one, so I'm not gonna keep going over that. Nevertheless, they felt guilty, you know, her, he and Jisoo were married and that was a bone of contention in their marriage. It really, it really messed up their flow, if we can call it that. And she wanted to confess to 
Hawan what happened and he didn't want her to because of his own problems with that. Anyway, he was a composer and he he's a pianist and he goes to the studio to record his first album. But because he's dealing with the death of his wife, it's very difficult for him to make it through songs. Sometimes he has, you know, musicians block. Is that a thing? Sometimes he's blocked and he can't play the song because he's grieving and all of that. And there's a character, Suno. She is like the manager of the studio and she swoops in and she is a plant enthusiast where she can take a, a, a plant that's on life support and she can revive it and bring it back to life. So she ends up treating Inuk like he is a plant baby. She is going to revive him and bring him back to life. And I was kind of shipping them for a second because I felt like, man, he might actually like like her. And he may have liked her because in between dozing off on the second half, it looked like they may have been trying to jockey these two together. But I don't know if they ever crossed that line because, again, this story is so all over the place a little bit that they were trying to do too much and they were trying to be epic. They were never they never crossed epic. You know, y'all can't even give us romance. How y'all gonna give us epic? But Inuk, I would rather seen Inuk try to uh, roll up on Soul, who's our female lead, because there were times where it felt like, you know, he was checking for her a little bit. Um, he was just cute. And I would have rather seen a story with him as the male lead. I would have also rather had seen um, Hawan and his AI version of Jisoo have a relationship because there was way more passion whenever he had to do anything involving Jisoo and I thought that once he got off the bridge in the first half of this review that you know and had his little talk with Jisoo who didn't ever want to talk to him um I thought that she he would um be kind of done with that and he would move on to Saul and help her to see that yes this was somebody I loved but it's with a d and I'm ready to give my myself to you but the story continued to drag on and Jisoo kept continuing to be a pivotal character in this story and I was just like man I would just would have rather seen Hayin um romance this little pager he carried around all the time it was like a a Bluetooth speaker that was pager size that he carried around every day. I would have rather he he had done that. There was one point in the drama where he had put an AI Jisoo in a drawer. And then Saul came and she stole it so that she could be with her BFF again. And that was another incongruity. You know, she treated um, Jisoo as if that was her BFF. They literally had maybe a couple interactions and that was it. Um, she acted like this was her long lost friend so much so that when she um, found out that Inuk was connected to Jisoo because it's her husband, you know, she went off saying that he treated her wrong and he did bad things and all these kind of things and I just felt like girl you are being so self-righteous for no reason you didn't even know that girl like that um your man still loves her you know you they had to kill her off because these two could never have coexisted in the same drama for more for more than where they existed because Hawan was going to love her forever 
And there was just never going to be a way you were going going to be able to compete with that. And I would have rather seen a a, a a slow burn over that, where she distrusted Hawan over his ability to get over Jisoo. And so maybe he had to, you know, chase her and, and win that trust of, yes, I actually like you. You're not just, you know, the most convenient freaking, you know, um, stand in or substitute that I can find so as I thought about why does Korea hate this drama I came to the conclusion that it's not political I don't really think it was political I actually don't think it has anything to do with any of their social norms and mores I think that they just hated this drama period and I think so I, I think I don't think I hated the drama but I think that the story was so frustrating that I can understand and see very much that audience saying, just go away. Like, just can y'all just go away? Because I do know that Korean audiences, they love a strong male lead. And Hawan, he was stoic, but he really wasn't strong. You know, he he never gave you that machismo and a Korean crowd needs that. And there are different ways to pull that off. But I agree with them. You know, he doesn't have to be a jerk, which Korean audience is kind of like, too. Nevertheless, Kangi Nook, if he would have been the the male lead, this drama would not have been cut by four episodes. They would have let that go to the end. Why? Because he brought that he brought that big dick energy to the screen. Hawan brought little dick energy to the screen. That's how we're going to cut that. And K, K audiences, they know the difference. And they're not going to really kind of put up with you serving them up little dick for 12 episodes. Now, they will put up with stupid fish eye, stiff ass kisses. But at least needs to be behind that BDE. And if you're not going to be able to serve that... They don't really want to have anything to do with you. And I kind of understand that because it does that BDE will carry a drama. It really will. Even if when they finally do seal the deal, it's kind of not worth it, you know, in the end from a from my perspective. But that was a piece of my mind over a piece of your mind. Do I recommend that you watch this? Um, I'm going to say no. You're not going to miss anything. And when we think about it from the trajectory of attempting to earn your K-drama stripes, as it were, this drama is not offering anything that's going to leave you out of the loop when it comes to, you know, the discourse over, you know, K-drama lore. But what I will say is that if you want a slow burn that actually burns, okay, now you're going to get some smoke. It's going to be a little smoke, but it's going to actually burn because the male lead is going to light the fire personally. I would watch Do You Love Brahms because that one is actually going to kill you from burns and not smoke inhalation. Thank you very much for listening. And if this is your first time here, or if it's your fifth time here, your listening to Sanang means the world to me. If you would like to connect to me, your host, there will be information 
in the description where you can do that. Other than that, I guess I will see you on the next drama. I don't guess. I know I will see you on the next drama. And in case you're interested, what do you have to potentially look forward to? Because there are a couple of factors that kind of factor into my willingness to to give you guys a podcast episode over a specific drama and without getting too detailed into you know what leads into that inspiration I will say that there is a potential for me to add more commentary to love in the air hashtag rain and Paiyu is all I'll say to that there is uh I look forward to uh, big dragon I cannot wait to look at episode four. I believe it has at least 12 episodes, could be more. But I look forward to that drama. And I know for a fact that I will bring that one to the podcast. Another drama that is ongoing that I am really enjoying and can barely wait from week to week is love is for suckers that title alone drew me in because it is wonderfully uh <laughs> described i also like the fact that this drama gives us two episodes every week so at least i'm not fainting for the next hunk of story and it's over in the twinkling of an eye i at least have two more than an hour episodes to be able to fall into the love is for suckers world. Hopefully those episodes will interest you enough to come back and to have a listen. And until then, I will talk to you in the next drama. Mm-hmm.